three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. gentlemen theys and gays this is the real pineapple this is your humble host hunter here hope you're all having a great night weekend day whenever you're listening to this got another review here in the real spooky series which i'm so excited to finally start getting out to y'all got a review for the black phone which is directed by scott derrickson who of course you know from directing the first doctor strange uh produced sinister directed uh Deliver Us from Evil, uh, Sinister 2, obviously. Oh, yeah, he was a producer on the, the Snowpiercer TV show. That's right, I forgot about that. And then uh, is uh, written by him and C. Robert Carheel. Uh If you're a film nerd like me, you probably listened to Spill.com back in the day. He was, of course, a, a critic on there. Uh, was a writer on Doctor Strange, writer for Sinister uh, 1 and 2. So, okay, I- I'm going to get this out of the way because uh, it's my man's birthday today when I'm recording this. Uh I know he'd want to give me shit for it, so I'll I'll take my medicine. So I got to shout out Nick over at the uh, Afternoon Tune. You can check them out uh, wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. Afternoon Tune is a great podcast. Nick had been telling me, Hunter, you got to watch The Black Phone and you have to watch X. And so our review for X will be up here before the end of the month. Um, spoiler, I really enjoyed it. He'd been telling me to watch both of these movies. I was like, dude, I'll get to him. I'll get to him for the Halloween series. Like, I'll get to him. I'll get to him. And uh, yeah, he's two for two because son of a bitch, the black phone kicks so much ass. And see, Nick, you were right there. You happy? Damn it. But yeah, this movie kicks so much ass and I'm so happy I got a chance to watch this. This is streaming on Peacock right now, by the way. So if you haven't seen the black phone, pause this review real quick. Go watch it, then come back, because the black phone kicks so much ass. So, full spoilers on this, because it has been out for a little while. So, if you haven't seen it, seriously, positive review. Go, pause, pause this, watch it, come back. The movie goes ahead and, and uh, takes place in uh, Denver in 1978. And we follow uh, F- Finney, who's played by Nason, uh, Mason Thames, is what I'm going to go with. So, I was looking through his filmography couple TV show appearances, stuff like that. But this is really his first big role. And I got to say, this kid's amazing. Uh, and I'll get to his story here in just a moment. But Finney is this kid who's going to school with his sister, played by Madeline McGraw, who plays Gwen. And I'll I'll, I'll get to her in a second. She's been in a few things, like uh, she was an outcast. Uh, she was on Bones. Uh, she was in American Sniper, which I actually do remember her being pretty good in. Here's here's what's interesting about the two of them. Anytime you do a movie with kids, there's always that chance that the kids just aren't very good. Uh, I enjoy the first Harry Potter, but admittedly, there is some rough acting in that first one. But again, they're kids, you know, they're still learning shit. To go ahead and get two powerhouse performances from kid actors, it's just, it's just awesome. And... I will say I like Gwen a little bit more than I like Finney. By the end of the movie, I went, okay, I'm really happy that uh, for the journey that Finney went, uh, Finney 
went on. But he's going to school. Uh, their dad, played by uh, Jeremy Davies, uh, Terrence, who, of course, you know from Saving Private Ryan, Secretary, Twister, Solaris. Uh, I know him as Dickie Bennett from Justified. I was actually really excited when I saw, saw him pop up. I was like, oh, shit, yeah, yeah, let's go. He is trying to raise his two kids by himself. Uh, they lost their mom. Okay, so let me just kind of get into... I don't even want to say a complaint. This, the whole thing they do with Gwen as far as her basically having the shine. I did just kind of think, eh, all right. So, so there's two things about the movie that kind of irk me, but I'll get to that in a second. But basically, Finney's walking home from school one day, gets caught by the grabber, who's played, of course, by the brilliant Ethan Hawke. You know Ethan Hawke from Before Sunrise, Training Day, Before Midnight, Before Sunset, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, not Saving Private Ryan. What the hell am I talking about? Uh, <laughs> uh, the Northman. You know him from uh, First Reform. That's what I was trying to say. Not Saving Private Ryan. But uh, Ethan Hawke is amazing in this. And... We don't get to see Ethan Hawke play a villain too often. He was just in Moon Knight, and I thought he was amazing in that as well. But I'm really liking this Ethan Hawke playing a villain because the grabber, first off, the mask that he has, it's fucking creepy. And the way that he, it's kind of like a puzzle, and he's able to form different expressions from it. That's something I don't, I didn't see a lot of people bring up in reviews, and I think that's insane because I think that's one of the creepiest but subtle things into how his psyche works. I love the way that he did that. And there's a couple points in the film where he does in prominent moments. And I went, oh, I love how creepy that is. But before I get into a, the abduction, let me let me jump back a little bit. So why one thing I love about this movie is how terrible of a dad Terrence is to Finney and Gwen. And I love that because he's clearly hurting from losing his wife. We find out later on in the film kind of what happened and how that ties to Gwen. Terrence is just, he's flat out abusing these kids, whether it's uh, emotionally abusing them or at points physically abusing them there's a point where Gwen has a run-in with the cops and <laughs> this run-in she has with the cops first off is amazing because she has a fucking mouth on her but then when you kind of meet Terrence you go oh, okay yeah I, I get where I get where she would get her mouth from she calls them uh dumb fucking fu uh dumb fucking fart knockers that's what it was <laughs> and that line in particular killed me but she's just she's just a little smart ass but she's she's very tough and for where her character goes you you do find out you do find out like oh okay it explains why you kind of have to be this tough but there's a point where terrence is is straight up abusing her it is it's uncomfortable to watch but in the way that it's realistic. And I, and I think that might be a turnoff for some people. Because I, I do know people just don't like to see kids in peril. I, I know a lot of people who were very kind of squirmish on uh, Dr. Sleep because of that. There is there is a lot of violence in here in a way that I went, this does feel real. And that might make people uncomfortable. Miguel, I'm going to butcher this, sorry. Miguel Saveres uh, uh, Mora, who plays Robin. I haven't seen I haven't seen them in anything. Looks like this is wow. This is their debut. This is their only IMDb credit. So son of a bitch. Miguel's amazing in this, and he's this he's this kid who befriend, uh, befriends Finney. Uh, Finney, you find out, helps him out with his math homework, and so Robin kind of gives him some protection. And there's this point where this kid I can't remember the kid's name, but he calls uh he calls him like calls Robin like a beaner. And I remember just going wow okay the fuck. Uh, scrawny little beaner. That's what he calls him. Uh, Moose is a kid's name. Moose, uh, Moose is one of the, 
the bullies at the school. So he calls him scrawny little beaner and Robin whips his ass like it was his job. I was laughing so hard because this is a, this is a perfect case of he fucked around and found out. Because Moose thinks that he's just gonna wipe the floor of Robin and Robin, Robin beats him damn near to death. Like, like it, it gets pretty uncomfortable, but this this kid fucked around and found out. And there's this really cool scene in the uh, the bathroom where Finney's about to get beat down and Robin steps in and basically says, you know, you, you fuck with him again. I'm going to fuck all of you up. And then there's this really cool conversation about them just being kids and how Robin at a point goes, you know, you're going to have to stand up for yourself someday. And without getting too much, I know I was saying spoilers, but I'm going to try to dance around some things a little bit here. But the way those words echo at the end of the film was something I went, oh, I love that. Finney ends up getting kidnapped by the grabber. And then it's this really cool game of cat and mouse because there are points where the grabber seems kind of, I don't want to say cool, but as cool as he could be given the terrible situation and peril he's in. So there's some points where he seems kind of cool. He's like feeding the kid or whatever. But Finney, rightfully so, is like, yeah, I don't trust you. And so he's giving him as little as humanly possible. And it's this great back and forth that I just found incredibly captivating. It was keeping me on my on my toes. I was really, I, I, I was definitely tapping my tapping my fingers on my desk, sitting there going, okay, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like how tense this is. There is a point where Finney escapes and that whole sequence in particular leading to him escaping is so incredibly tense and so just, oh, that, that scene in particular is something that made my skin crawl in the best way. But I mentioned earlier in the film, uh, earlier in the review that Gwen has, you know, the shining basically. And so there's a scene where Terrence, her dad, and her having this conversation about her mom. Again, while it is completely excusable for how abusive he's being, he's basically he's he's basically drinking himself to sleep on Friday nights too. We see at multiple points that Finney is like picking up the beer bottles and Gwen goes and stays the night at her friend's house on Fridays because that's Terrence's apparent designated time to just be a drunk asshole. And so there is this point where Gwen very cautiously is talking to him and goes, look, I'm having these dreams. I'm having these thoughts. And in the way that Terrence breaks down what happened with her mom and the way that you just see what a broken man he is, that who just has, who hasn't been able to get over it. It's really quite tragic. And it's interesting how the family is all dealing with that pain in particular and manifesting it in different ways. But Gwen has a, you know, like a literal physical man manifestation of it. It's, it's really interesting. And it's something that I don't think the film needs to be too much longer. But if there's a little more of that, if you could have given me another like five minutes of that, that would have been kind of nice. But this, the big hook of this movie is Finney is trapped with, uh, by Ethan Hawke. How, can he get out? Can you know Gwen help save him? And the way that Gwen's visions work, I, 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 the way the shine works in this movie, and that's a, that is what it is. But the way that works with the black phone in the room that Finney's being kept in, the gimmick of that being that he's able to talk to the kids who've died in the past because of the grabber. It's a really interesting hook. It's just something they never really explain. And I know that might be being a little nitpicky for people. That's fine. I, I, I would have liked something about the house being mad. Like, I don't know. Like, I think you could throw something in there, but they never really touch on that. And they never really touch on 
the the shining aspect they they let you know that gwen's mom had it i wish it would have just taken that extra step and been like it's something that's been in her family but just to have two women kind of just randomly have it i went eh, all right like i just wish you would explained it a little more but outside of that really those are my only complaints really about the film i think this is a brilliantly paced film once the film lays the groundwork and it lays the groundwork pretty early on just from the opening credits where you see that these other kids have disappeared it's it's cut in this very not like this like dateline unsolved mysteries sort of vibe to it uh it, it, it it's very cool the way it's done and it really does set the tone uh f- for the film at large and i really enjoyed how they do that yeah, those are really my only complaints about the movie. I think the pacing of this movie is incredible. The acting is aces across the board. Madeline McGraw gives me Haley Steinfeld in True, uh, True Grip vibes or Ellie Fisher in Eighth Grade. It's You feel like you're seeing a star being born when you watch this performance. It was something that I was captivated by the whole time. And, and she has to portray this amount of vulnerability from losing her brother and trying to help find him, but realizing the weight of letting these, you know, letting these things in and how that's mentally affecting her to being this scared girl who just, you know, is afraid her dad's gonna hit her, you know, when, as soon as he turns a corner versus being this, (laughs) this incredible smart ass with incredibly wicked tongue, who's able to just talk down anyone, whether they're a kid and an adult or an adult, there's this point where Feeney is getting beaten down by these bullies and Gwen comes in for fucking rock and decks the shit out of this one dude. I was so impressed. I actually had to pause the movie and clap because she decks this kid and this kid fucking deserved it, but she, she's a, she, she's tough as shit. So gold star, uh, Finney, I love the hero's journey we go on with him because he's this very timid, scared boy. And through this incredibly, incredibly traumatic experience, he grows up and he learns to have more confidence in himself. And the last 20 minutes of this movie are some of the, my, it's one of the best payoffs I've seen in a film in a couple years. I love, love the last 20 minutes of this movie. Holy shit, I love the last 20 minutes of this movie. It's it's such an amazing payoff, and it's something I went, I'm going to end up going back and rewatching this. I actually have gone back and rewatched this, uh, rewatched the last 20 minutes already uh, today. I, I, I just, I adore that the, the ending of this movie. And the journey to get there is so cool. The way that Finney's talking to certain kids on the phone when the phone does ring. And one thing I appreciate too, they actually drag the phone out. You see the phone in the middle of the room, you notice it's not attached to anything. And that was something I went, okay. And then it just kind of, the mythology kind of gets poured out a little bit. That is one other thing. I do wish they would have talked about the grabber and kind of why he doesn't believe in the phone. Cause that's a point they bring up and they don't really ever kind of loop that, loop that back. That would be nice, but I digress. The way he's able to talk to these kids and the way that they never say if they're in like in heaven or or anything but you can you know very much imply that but the way he talks about uh the kids talk about how you know that's not my name anymore or i don't remember like it's very interesting and there's actually probably another 
there's an interesting conversation about where they are and what that means and how you know our worlds are separated it it was really interesting the way they kind of leave you with those questions but it, it was it was interesting the way the conversations he was having with uh with these kids and again as i mentioned the the last 20 minutes is just is so incredibly kick-ass but i don't know i had so much fun with this movie and it's one of those movies where the gimmick while the gimmick is fun the acting is just so amazing and it's executed so well uh so much of the camera work there's a point where uh the grabber is sleeping Sleeping. And I, I had mentioned earlier that Finney escapes and the way that that scene is shot in particular and the way that the game, quote unquote, is introduced and you find out kind of more about that from the other kids. It's just a fascinating watch and it's just it's a crowd pleaser like a motherfucker. This is something next year I will definitely be having people over to to watch if they haven't seen it because the black phone oh, kicks so much ass. Uh, I, I, I know I mentioned a couple complaints about the film just for some things I personally would have liked to have explained a little better. But when I enjoy a film this much, I can't give it anything but a fan-fucking-tastic. I, I adore this movie. I'm probably going to show this to my partner. Uh, I had so much fun with this. I cannot wait to watch this again. Yeah, Black Phone rules. You were right, Nick. See, see. But everyone, Black Phone, have you seen it? What did you think of it? Let us know in the comments. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, rate the show. It definitely helps us out. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, Tune Up, and Samsung Podcasts at The Real Pineapple. Don't forget to follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. That's R-E-E-L pineapple. Don't forget to like both our pages on Facebook at The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. Don't forget to follow me on TikTok at BlackShazam775. And don't forget to follow me on Letterboxd at Black Shazam. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll have more Halloween reviews coming out this month, including a review for Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends, and the Scream franchise. But thank you so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe out there. Take care of each other. Tell someone you love them today. We all, know, we all need to hear that a little more. But thanks again for the support. We'll talk to you soon.